Hey guys, welcome back to More of Mel, the coolest fucking pod in the game, where I pick people's brains about things that keep me up at night. I'm your host, Mel, and on today's episode, Anything and Everything, I'm joined by the intelligent, beautiful, amazing Jamie Bishop, who is my very first non-Emerson guest. Guys, I've genuinely never been more excited to record an episode in my life because I've known Jamie for what? two weeks two and a half weeks but i've learned so much from you already and i can't wait to pick your brain i'm just enthralled by you you really have so much wisdom to give and one day i'm gonna clone myself i mean i'm gonna clone joe become (laughs) joe so that you can be my sister (laughs) um wait for context my roommate joe who was on an episode jamie is her sister so that's kind of the little context but anyways um enough praise for you um (laughs) i would love for you to introduce yourself to the emerson people and my other listeners hi guys i'm jamie i'm joe's sister (laughs) i am (laughs) 21 years old currently living in new york and i'm here on a boston trip to visit you guys and it's already been so much fun (laughs) way to sleep over last night (laughs) we sure did and i heard them giggling all night it was the funniest thing ever (laughs) But, um, so as per the title, we are literally going to dive into anything and everything, guys. So, so um, I'm excited. I, I just, I'm so jittery right now. I don't even know where to start. Dude, (laughs) don't, don't even. I, like, listened to the episode that you guys did together with Paige, Mm -hmm. and I texted Joe, like, can I please get on the (laughs) podcast? This would be so fun. Oh, my God, dude. I was so excited when Joe told me. I was working, I was walking from work, and I was, like, miserable, and Joe came to pick me up that (laughs) day, because I had a horrible day prior, and Joe came to pick me up. She was like, wait. Like, I have an idea. Jamie texted me, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, You have an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Totally taking credit. (laughs) No, but I was so excited. And later we had a FaceTime call and talked about everything we wanted to dive into. And now, like, here we are. You're in Boston. And I'm... I'm just so excited that this is coming to life. Me too. Yeah. And people don't know, but I am an amateur podcaster. She and is. <laughs> my dream was to have my own podcast. And I tried, like, I think my sophomore year in college, too. Really? And I recorded an episode. It was, like, 45 minutes long of just me talking. And I love that. And I didn't have, like, the balls to put it out anywhere, which is why I respect you so much for doing this. Oh, my God. Stop. And I'm, like, so excited to be on it. Thank you so much. But, no, you have to, guys. Everyone comment when I post the promo for this jamie (laughs) podcast like she has she has so much to say and so much to tell people like honestly i would for sure fucking tune in so please do that i'm waiting on it um so i just want to dive right in honestly go for it so my first question is what shapes your view of relationships and love and partnership doesn't have to be like specifically a boyfriend but like even friendships like relationships with like your parents your siblings it's like what just kind of the foundation like what does that entail for you like building a relationship with someone Mm, that's a really deep question to start us off (laughs) i don't know i feel like that's something that everyone should ask themselves like how they model their vision of like an ideal relationship Mm -hmm. and i think it's a combination of a lot of things for, Mm -hmm. for everyone i think for me it would definitely be my parents growing Mm -hmm. up like seeing how they navigated their lives and like went through ups and downs but it's also like seeing joe and her first boyfriend Mm -hmm. was definitely like a model for me to see like you know kind of form my own expectations of how i should be treated yeah um even from like movies and tv shows Mm -hmm. like joe and i were talking about modern family last night (laughs) i heard you (laughs) (laughs) but it's so it's such a good 
TV show to watch to think about like all different types of relationship mm-hmm. dynamics, like not even just a partner, but also your mom, your dad, your sibling, yeah. um, a friend. And I think that served like a really big place in my life is mm-hmm. honestly modern family um, of how you can like navigate conflict and yeah. keep humor in there. But I think it's a combination of things and like definitely from my friends too. I feel like I didn't have a relationship like a proper relationship mm-hmm. until I was older so seeing how my friends dealt with that I kind of had this like observer standpoint mm-hmm. for a long time where I got to like be the outsider looking yeah in, and that definitely helped me I agree with all of those things I feel like modern family I'm also like maybe not as obsessed as <laughs> you guys but I really do love that show and yeah. I've watched it through like at least six or seven times I think it's a really good show oh my god that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> no I I had a phase for yeah. sure in high school it's the best it's so good like when you see all of the different relationships and like you don't do it intentionally maybe but you kind of try to emulate those things I feel yeah. like especially in the media also like our generation like Gen Z you're so a part of Gen Z yeah you're yeah, only yeah. two years older yeah yeah, so I feel like we have so much access and we're exposed to so many things and, like, we can't help but let it, like, be ingrained in our psyche. And so, like, we tend to emulate the things we see online and, like, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks in a sense because, like, some of those things are not realistic. And obviously Modern Family is a show and, like, yeah. that family probably does exist out there. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely not a realistic thing in some, like, scenes or some episodes. But I feel like it's a nice, like, base foundation to have, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's so true. We forget how impressionable we are, Mm -hmm. especially as younger kids, which is why it's kind of scary that young kids are going so into, you know, social media right now, like, for the first time ever Mm -hmm. in human history. And we definitely do emulate those things that we see online, and there are a lot of unrealistic standards and, Mm -hmm. you know, you see like those supermodel boyfriend mm-hmm. and girlfriend and they do yeah. all these things that are just to get money and mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure these days to like for sure to form your own relationship based on how it will be perceived externally as well mm-hmm. and that's something that I've always been very against yeah I agree with that a hundred percent kind of piggybacking off mm-hmm. of that I feel like there's I don't know who told me this but then I started putting it into perspective and I was like wait you're so right like the couples who post the most on Instagram, like, constantly posting, I'm sorry, the most unhappy couples. Yeah. Like, it's, like, they feel the need to prove to, like, the public or, like, outside viewers mm-hmm. that they are happy and, like, oh, look at us. He got me flowers. He got me this. He got me that. We're doing this. We're doing yeah. that. And it's, like, okay, that's nice. But sometimes it's nice to keep things, like, within your relationship and to yourself which makes it, like, that much more special. I agree. And I feel like sometimes it's not their fault because social media does tend to put that pressure on you where you feel the need to, like, quote-unquote show off, like, mm-hmm. what you have going on for you in your life. And th- I feel like that's the detriment of a lot of relationships, too, because you have this idea of what your relationship is, like, on social media, and then, like, it kind of translates into real life, and then, like, one day you have a come to Jesus, and you're like, oh, that's not my real relationship, you know? Yeah, that's a really good point. And I feel like other people get information that way, Mm -hmm. too. So another aspect is people feel pressured to, like, keep everyone else posted on their Mm -hmm. lives. But yeah, I don't don't even know if it means that they're, like, unhappy in their relationship. Mm -hmm. It's just you have to, like, question why you feel the need to Mm -hmm. do that. And there are certain instances where, like, someone reposts a picture of their girlfriend, and that's super cute, Mm -hmm. you know, but there are others where... 
I feel like it, it over the top a, a, a question yeah I agree with that a hundred percent for me I don't really know what shapes my view yeah. of like relationships or love or whatever because like I'm a child of divorce and like not saying that my parents didn't teach me like how to love people or whatever and like my also my grandparents are divorced mm-hmm. and like my other set of grandparents they have like a really weird marriage so it's like I don't I had to like kind of navigate that on my own because I don't really like yeah. have a good idea of what like a loving relationship between man and woman is supposed to be like you know or like long-term love mm-hmm. exactly but I feel like within friendships and like um other types of relationships I feel like my mom or like even like other people in my family gave me like a really good basis for that because the way my mom loves her friends or like loves me and my brother or like loves her sister like that did really like give me like a good solid foundation as to how I treat my friends now or like people I have relationships with now which I think is a really nice thing and I hate to say it but we at one point we do become our parents like we are our parents children at the end of the day like Mm -hmm. because we live with these people the longest like our siblings too like we do get a lot I've seen that with you guys for the past like day and a (laughs) half like I swear to god they're twins like (laughs) we do everything at once like it's the craziest thing so I feel like siblings are definitely a big part of that like totally I want to hear your thoughts about like siblings yeah I know you have Mm. thoughts (laughs) stare directly into Joe's eyes right now oh Joe's here also she's our little live audience (laughs) she can be the commentator yeah if she wants to chime in please do (laughs) (laughs) um well I want to start with like your friend point first um because I think that's super important too and uh, just in general growing up like the way that you navigate any kind of relationship how you resolve conflict how you like express love for another person Mm -hmm. how you like need validation how you share things like all of those things are super important that we learn having siblings at a young age and with our parents agreed um with friends it's super cool too because have you guys read the book i gave it to joe everything i know about love Mm -mm. by dolly Alderton. i can give it did you read it from cover to cover um yeah i just finished it oh you did yeah she um, has this little nightlight. <laughs> it's like a three. Li- uh, you like you open it up, and it's like three different spotlights. And it's the it's funniest. Nice, you can switch the lighting. <laughs> yeah, Joe texted me. She's like, "I'm in my Bera, my book era." <laughs> she does read. I said Rara. Yeah, her Rara. She reads quite a bit these days. I'm, I'm proud so of her. Proud for of that. her. <laughs> um, but that book was really good. It's a super quick read if people want to um, buy it. Like. I just saw it on the shelf because it kind of has that, like, attention grabber title. Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit more of, like, a memoir version of Sally um, Rooney, who... I love Sally, Sally Rooney. Rooney. She went to Trinity. No way. I'm pretty sure. But really? she filmed, like, um, normal people at Trinity. Have you read Conversations with Friends? Yes, it was oh so good. God, it was such a good amazing. book. I know. I love her. Yeah. Um, But so, everything I know about love is this girl she's british and it's about like the first time she talked to a guy on myspace when she was like Mm -hmm. 13 all the way to like when she's in her 30s and single Mm -hmm. and this isn't really giving anything away (laughs) i guess and it's just all of her different like sexual ex escapades and um like terrible nights out with friends and like all the guys that she's hooked up with she just like tells it as a collection of stories Mm -hmm. but her overall like argument or thesis of the book is that 
everything she learned about love was through her female friendships. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a really cool point in the end to learn. I don't know if you, you agree with that, Joe. Um, but she like went through roommate living and mm-hmm. fights with her best friend, like a loss of a f- childhood friend. And she modeled a lot of like how she dealt with people and like mm-hmm. shared her like intimate aspects of herself and her own problems like through those relationships with her friends. So mm-hmm. I think that's a really big yeah part. Um, yeah, I think about. I agree with that definitely. I I don't have a sister and like all my girl cousins, I didn't grow up with them because they mm-hmm. lived in the states and I lived in Haiti, so I didn't really get the chance besides like the adult women in my family, yeah. you know. But like as a child, you don't really want to interact with adults yeah. at that young age. So then a lot of things I learned from like my brother and like my cousins, which like when boys like love they like rough they're rough with how Mm. like they don't really show it overtly but you know they love you right Mm -hmm. and so like recently maybe like junior year of high school I started like because my mom has a sister and I'm really close with her sister so I started like noticing things in their relationship and I was like wow like this is beautiful like it's such a beautiful thing to have like a sister and like I've had a bunch of like girlfriends a lot of those relationships like faded out for sure because like you grow apart and like that's totally a part of life and I've had like friendship losses but um like the relationship I do have now with my mom and like her sister like but not even like together just separately Mm -hmm. I have two different relationships with them and I've learned so much from them individually like it's such a nice thing to have like having women in your life and obviously I do love like men love shitting on me for the like having this podcast and the way I talk but like I do love my guy (laughs) friends I think they're amazing like one of my best friends he's a guy so please take all of this with a grain of salt (laughs) thank you but um I feel like you learn so much from having women around you I feel like especially like older women too because like it's kind of corny but they are wiser and they have like much more experience than Mm -hmm. you and like as much as you don't want to listen to your mom or like like older women around you like your moms know everything they they do (laughs) and like I don't hesitate to tell my mom that nowadays because it's like oh bitch you know everything like you're like a savant like it's crazy you know so I I don't know the thing is with that though as much as you can look at people older than you and see how like other relationships are modeled or learn through friendships or just like family relationships you still won't know everything until mm-hmm. you're in it you yeah know, until you try I agree it yourself with that for and, like, sure. you might think that you know how to like have a good relationship but just from observation mm-hmm. but you you go yeah. through the struggles when you're in it too oh, for sure and we're gonna get into that yeah. 100%. But, like, it's super interesting what you said about like having female friends because mm-hmm. i was never in a female like friend group mm-hmm. like to this day and that's something that i never really thought that i needed like for whatever reason i just clicked with guys more mm-hmm. it was just easier like i felt like they were more blunt and upfront mm-hmm. and I, like there was no drama yeah, yeah and i just like meshed better with that yeah. and I see, like, you know, Joe and her friend group, you guys, like, from mm-hmm. back home, you guys as a um, suite, and some of my other friends from college, like, seeing their childhood friend group, mm-hmm. and it really is crazy, the power of female friendships, mm-hmm. and, like, how intimate it is, how, like, caring it is, how selfless it is, um, and you just always have each other's back no matter what, yeah. and that's something that, like, I trust my guy friends to have my back mm-hmm. 100%, 
but it's not that same like form of intimacy Mm -hmm. it's very different agreed and yeah I've always thought about that and I feel like I've seen that with Joe and I'm so happy that she's had that growing up Mm -hmm. but yeah it's different it's definitely a different dynamic between like I mean obviously guys and girls as much as people hate to admit it two different things for sure like and having relationships with both like sexes like it's a totally different dynamic because I look at my relationship with like my girlfriends or like my girl cousins and I'm like oh like this is amazing I feel Mm -hmm. so light and refreshed Mm -hmm. and like oh my god and then I go back home to Haiti and I'm like with my guy cousins and I'm like holy shit like let me fucking breathe (laughs) like it's like them pushing me under the water it's like please stop but I love it so much I think it's such a nice paradox to have to like not even to compare but like to kind of see the differences and like kind of revel in the differences because I think it's such a nice thing like I think I value not more but like I because I grew up with them and like I do have like such a soft ass Joe like I am obsessed with my little cousin he's not that much younger than me he's like two years younger than me but like the conversations we have Mm -hmm. I'm able like he's comfortable enough now to talk to me about girls and it's like the best thing ever and like I can tell him anything like it's such a nice thing to have because I have both sides of the spectrum where it's like okay I can talk to my girlfriends about this and then I can go to my guy friends about this and it's it's a nice thing yeah. to have it's honestly. a healthy balance like oh you for get sure different needs met and it, you, mm-hmm. get, you definitely need like your guy friend fix mm-hmm. and then your girlfriend you do fix. yeah <laughs> i agree with that a hundred percent um i feel like we kind of covered that question i'm so happy so <laughs> much came out of question? that <laughs> <laughs> one <laughs> this ends up being like three hours long i know okay so next question i kind of came up with this last night because i was thinking of it myself Mm -hmm. like what phase of your obviously this is specific to everyone but i feel like kind of everyone in life has this kind of like enlightening moment right so what phase of your life do you think one comes to terms with the feel like feeling the need to like want someone want a partner want a boyfriend want a girlfriend because i was thinking of this last night and i'm gonna give my answer like for me personally and like I want to hear your thoughts like what point of your life are you were you like oh wow like it would be really nice to have a boyfriend mm, like interesting hmm. that's a good you question know? do you want to yeah. answer first okay I'll answer first like I I feel like mine wasn't like a sweet thing or like a kind of like cute coming to age thing I think it was like after my first kiss I was like need him like need him to be my boyfriend which kind of sucks because he was an awful boyfriend like we did end up dating but it was so bad it was like middle school dating like it was like looking back it was so disgustingly horribly yeah we (laughs) held much more than like things in Haiti advanced really fast really yeah it was horrible but um he ended up like cheating on me like in middle school yeah well he was like a year older than me I think yeah so I was like eighth grade like going into ninth grade whatever he was he was not great (laughs) but like I do I like him now honestly we grow we we learn and we grow (laughs) like I like him a lot now I think he's super funny and charming but never again but I feel like that was kind of my come to Jesus moment where I was like ooh, like let me try to explore this like what what is this about because like I didn't have a boyfriend at the time but then we were kind of talking and then we met up at this party and then he kissed me and I was like (gasps) 
like it was like kind of a cloud Open the Pandora's <laughs> box <laughs> exactly. and I was like oh my god need to like dip my toes in this like this is crazy was he your first boyfriend he was my first boyfriend first kiss first kiss yeah okay so mm-hmm. it was like your first interaction yeah like romantically well, with a boy yeah okay yeah kind of deep first like because okay. I've talked to people before that but it was like never anything like serious right yeah Right. Hmm. I want to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm still trying to think. I don't feel like I've almost ever had that need. Really? Yeah. Growing up, I was never like what people call like boy, boy crazy. crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had like one crush in middle school, <laughs> which I would never say out loud ever. <laughs> but Joe knows who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we moved to France. Like, it was more, it wasn't ever, like, I feel like I need a boyfriend. <laughs> it was more so, like, oh, I like this guy. Did you ever feel the need to, like, explore? Like, mm, no, it was there was never, wow. like, a pressure. She's a different case. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. There was <laughs> never. It's always, like, a very closed book. Like, you <gasps> have to, like, press her to get these answers. Yeah. But it w- maybe it's more just, like, she didn't have the answers. Yeah, wow. it was like for me, it wasn't like that big of a deal. My mom would be like, "Jamie, I know that you like this boy." <laughs> we had like this like ongoing joke that she was the yeah, lesbian in the family because I was like always talking about boys with my mom, yeah. <laughs> That's and I just hilarious. I like didn't feel comfortable talking about it. So mm-hmm. maybe it was like one aspect of self denial, mm-hmm. um, but I can't like I can't really think of a moment where I was like I I need this or I want this, and mm-hmm. even when I got into like when I had my first boyfriend in high school. I was, like, very ambivalent about it. Wow. I remember being like, ah, you know, I don't really like him that much, <laughs> but, like, why not? Like, fuck it. We'll see what happens. Which I feel like <laughs> digs people in such a deep hole, and we've talked about this, yeah. like, being that way. It's not a bad thing whatsoever, but then it's hard to, like, crawl yourself out because you're like, mm, whatever. Yeah. Like, it is what it is, because you know? It was that was my mistake, <laughs> and it got me into a, a hole, a deep hole. Oh, but yeah. Even <laughs> after that... Like, after we broke up, I was, you know, single for, like, four years. Mm-hmm. And even when I was, like, before I started dating my current boyfriend, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like I had that need either. And there were definitely moments where I was like, oh, it would be really nice to watch this movie with someone <laughs> else. Like, yeah. that would be, like, the extent of it, uh-huh. probably. Or, like, just someone to, like, do very mundane things with. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, it was, like, very much focused, like, before we like my current boyfriend I started Mm -hmm. dating was very much focused on the friendship part Mm -hmm. first of like yeah it even if this doesn't go any like any further Mm -hmm. I know that I want to be friends with this person okay I like that I feel like that's where I'm at right now Mm. because like I said things go super fast in Haiti like you start drinking out of the womb like that's crazy no I I always told Joe like my clubbing era like started like at 12 years old (laughs) like how do you say that Kara. Kara. Clara. 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 <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so, like, there's no, there's really no, like, laws or, like, regulations in Haiti, like yeah. we talked about yesterday. So, like, you, there's no drinking age. You could go out, like, I already had, like, those phases so early in my That's life. Crazy. Where, like, right now I feel like I'm at that enlightening stage where I'm, like, at, like, I don't really feel the need. If it does happen, beautiful not gonna go out searching for it yeah i think that's a super healthy stage especially in college too because i feel like people go bonkers when they come to college Mm -hmm. and like start like 
diving into things and i was like that like last semester like start diving into things and you're like you have to like take a beat and like like look at yourself in the mirror kind of like okay why are you doing this like there's no rush like there's no need for you to Mm -hmm. be doing this you know i feel like it's sorry (laughs) i feel like they're going in with the wrong they're going in with the wrong reasons and it's like clearly you're missing something with yourself if you feel the need right now like so desperately to fill that up with somebody else yeah i agree with i know sorry my mic always goes in and out don't worry it's like we hear it like that but they don't hear it like that oh perfect yeah because yeah. lis- it was going like that last episode, and I was like, Ooh. but yeah, I agree with Joe. I <laughs> mm-hmm. think I think a lot of people go through that phase in life mm-hmm. is where they have all these opportunities in front of them, whether it's like people, the ability to drink whenever you want, yeah. like some some perception of like lawlessness, mm-hmm. and it causes you to go stir shit crazy, yeah, and like take advantage of all those things, which is totally fine, and everyone does it at different stages. And I definitely see that um, at Columbia, like there are a Mm -hmm. bunch of nerds who like have never, (laughs) they've been so focused on school that they get out and they go to their first party and then everyone ends up in the hospital. You know, it's just like a total disaster. Mm -hmm. But I think with all that, like it's good to experience it. It's good to make your mistakes. For sure. But at the end of the day, like ask yourself, what are you trying to give? Like, or what are you trying to receive? Like, what Mm -hmm. are you looking for externally that is that is trying to fulfill a need that you can't meet yourself yeah for sure i feel like that's definitely something a lot of people (laughs) need to work on please go to therapy which Mm. we will talk about later um i lost my train of thought i'm really sad because it was really good (laughs) 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 wait what were you talking about about before like diving into things too fast yeah yeah maybe a story time i was oh yeah i was constantly like my hobby was swiping on tinder and swiping on hinge <laughs> and i was like oh my god what are you doing like are you insane i had to delete them like i still don't have them to this day because it's mm. like what the fuck are you doing like you're actually insane and we're gonna get into like dating apps and like hookup yeah. culture later but i feel like dating apps are so horrible like s- whoever invented them like they're super smart because like obviously people fall into mm. it but like they're such a horrible thing thing to like put into people's like scope like i think it's such a horrible thing actually did you know i met john on hinge (laughs) shout out to you john (laughs) (laughs) no yeah that's how we met yeah and now i love john John me and john are friends (laughs) now and i think in that sense if it can turn into a friendship but if you're looking for like a relationship it's not i did a whole ted talk speech on this last last semester oh my god we're so gonna get into that i'm so pumped okay (laughs) crazy so now we're gonna get into first boyfriends slash breakups i just want to say the boyfriend i spoke about prior I don't consider him to be my first boyfriend, like, at all. Because, obviously, it was middle school, and for me, that wasn't a relationship. But I just wanted to preface that. Mm -hmm. So, first boyfriends, breakups, thoughts? Oh, my gosh. Just open-ended question. Mm Mm-hmm. Should I have an alias, actually? Please do. What should it be? Yeah. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) And Mark? Like, I don't know. Mark? What's going to come off your tongue? Um, Johnny? <laughs> I mean, it's a J name. It's okay. Okay, Johnny, or I'll just say my ex. Anyway. Whatever you want, honestly. Um, yeah. Where do I even start? <laughs> Obviously, whatever you're comfortable with. Please yeah. don't go in depth if you don't want to. Yeah. Well, I mentioned earlier that like 
I got into my I had my first boyfriend I think I was 15 Mm -hmm. um I was a sophomore in high school and this is when our family moved back to the United States so it was like I'd missed my freshman year at our high school which context very much a bubble where we live in California and everyone has their established friend groups and like I had people that I knew in middle school and people that I was friends with but like two years later after everyone's like navigated that in high school their Mm -hmm. first year it was a different situation and I think that is honestly like where I want to start with prefacing my like first relationship Mm -hmm. because it's part of the reason that like at least on my side it ended up going so badly Mm -hmm. um where I kind of came back to California with this sort of like righteousness (laughs) like mentality like I don't know I was like I'm too cool for this (laughs) like I there's nothing that I get from like going to school besides learning you Mm -hmm. know like I wasn't really in it for like the right reasons I guess and Mm -hmm. But I still tried. And like the first day of school, I'll always remember this. Um, one of my friends, still friends to this day, she her brother would drop us off at school and he also went to the school. Side note. Um, and there we like entered the quad for sophomores, you know, like in mm-hmm. front of the school. Yeah. And I go up to this group of friends that I like knew. I've known yeah. my entire life and I was friends with them before I left for France. And I was like, hey, guys, (laughs) like I'm re-entering the world. Mm -hmm. Like this is my entrance, you know, and I'm like, hey, guys, how are you? Like, how have the past two years (laughs) been? Like, what's up? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to like be friendly. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and um, they didn't say anything. They were just standing (laughs) in this group. (laughs) They're just like, oh, hi. And I'm like, "Okay, that was fine. (laughs) And then they go. (laughs) They're like, oh, my God, what is that girl Megan doing here? Why does she still go to the school? What is she wearing? You're Megan? No, no, no. (laughs) Megan's just this girl who's, like, in a different, like, she's in the quad somewhere, and they're, like, all looking at her. Oh, no. And I didn't know who Megan was. Like, she Mm -hmm. was just someone. And I go, oh, okay. Well, that's it. I'm done. That's my person. Yeah. I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, no, not that's my person. (gasps) I just, like. I don't know who this Megan oh, is yeah, again. Yeah. It was just, I. they said that thing. I was already trying to come in with, like, a positive outlook, uh-huh. but also, like, be open. Yeah. And then I gave it a shot, and they were just, like, rude from the start. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I don't care for this. Yeah. Like, I'm done. And from there on out, I, like, very much closed myself off to a lot mm-hmm. of friendships, and which was, like, fine and bad. But then I, like, met this guy, Johnny, <laughs> <laughs> and we, like kind of clicked we've known each other for a while at that point like we went to the same we had this like one class together like fourth and fifth grade for like special kids <laughs> <laughs> like the advanced yeah something oh. like that not not, like that. <laughs> not no not spe- <laughs> not special needs no like it was just like whatever and so we knew each other from fourth and fifth grade and like his best friend and they were still friends and I I remember writing in my journal when I was in France, which Mm -hmm. I, you know, still look back on sometimes. I was like, everyone back home is so ugly, except (laughs) for, and then I named Johnny and then my middle school crush. (laughs) And we weren't friends, Mm -hmm. but like we'd known each other. And so we got introduced by a mutual friend and we just started hanging out, I guess. And I really liked him. He was super smart, um, Mm -hmm. really artistic. He was really, like, cool and, like, Mm -hmm. different, but he was also very mature for his age, meaning that he, like, did a lot of the things that you did pretty Mm -hmm. early on. Yeah. And so I kind of fell in with him and his friend group, Mm -hmm. which was, like, 
I loved all those guys, yeah. but it was sort of my mistake number one was not having a friend group. And like, as I told you, I went in with sort of like, ah, you know, I don't really like him. Mm-hmm. Like we're friends, like whatever. We'll see. Yeah. Where he's handsome. Like we'll see where this goes. And then it just, the first year was like a normal high school relationship. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it started to go like really off the rails. I think his mental health declined mm-hmm. and it like I don't even there's so many things Melody like to explain but it ended up being like a very codependent relationship Mm -hmm. and I ignored the feelings that I first had um and didn't listen to myself and I didn't have the sort of like security of a social group to fall Mm -hmm. back on so I felt stuck yeah and that was like a really bad point and Mm -hmm. I felt like things in the relationship I felt so ashamed to tell Mm -hmm. anyone else I didn't have anyone else to tell those things to and so that was something that I lacked the awareness when I was 15, 16 years old. To mm-hmm. be like, if I feel ashamed for something that's going on in my life that's very real and I'm not telling anyone about it, like, that's a uh, hint number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just ended up being really bad. Like, mm-hmm. all like all the things you can think of um, went on, I guess. And it got to a point where it was, like, very on and off relationship mm-hmm. where, like, he would mention this girl and he would like sneak out at night and see the Mm -hmm. girl and I'm like what are you guys doing and he was lying all the time and then we would like break it off and he would go like hook up with that girl afterwards Mm -hmm. that happened like several times yeah um or he would try and make a move on people and they're like Mm -hmm. hold on you're dating Jamie yeah yeah. we're not I'm like what the fuck um so it was just a disaster yeah and the codependency was very real Mm -hmm. where because of his mental health and like his issues I felt responsible for them because Mm -hmm. he was like I was the only one he was telling them to and so what happened was and I only realized this afterwards that my self-worth was based off of how happy I could make him Mm -hmm. and so if he was upset then I was upset like if something wrong happened in his life it became my fault Mm -hmm. because one he made it that way and also I put that on myself so it just became this like really horrible system of codependency over time yeah. that I was just so unaware of like the red flags that were going yeah. on. And you know, when I left his house, I would cry every single time mm-hmm. when I went home. Like he made me cry on my 17th birthday oh my because we were broken up and f- we had to sit next to each other in <laughs> physics class because uh. he was like, his last name is right after mine. I remember this. Yeah. And he didn't say a word. I'm like, obviously, you know, it's my birthday. He turned around, like, looked at me and said, sup. <gasps> and I'm like, oh, my God, that was painful. And then we had to do a lab together. We were lab oh partners. No. And he was like, yeah, so anyways, I'm dating so-and-so now. To you, he said that? Yeah. And I'm like, are you joking me? Like, why do you have to put this on yeah, me and ruin yeah. my day? Like, you're such an idiot. Yeah. Um, and he broke up with me many times even Mm -hmm. though I should have broken up with him. (laughs) Like, it was just a disaster. But that's just to give everyone. There's a lot of things to fill in Mm -hmm. in there. But, like, if you can relate to any of that structure of a relationship, Mm -hmm. then, like, I'm here with you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so there's lots of things because we kind of spoke about this when we had our call. I first want to talk about the self-worth dependent on your boyfriend's well-being, Mm -hmm. which I don't think I struggled with it to the point you did. But in my first real relationship, I found myself being, like, very apologetic 
and so I would like he would have mm. a shit day and like kind of put it on me and I would feel like horrible because like oh like what did I do can I do anything yeah. to make it better which like okay that's fine like yeah. as a girlfriend you kind of want to make their day better but also you shouldn't be putting that weight on your shoulders mm-hmm. because if you do have a shit day sure like that's fine we're human you have those days but don't like put it all on me or don't like take a bead go for a walk don't call me like that's fine but I struggled with that a lot and I feel like I struggle with that in other relationships too not only with like boyfriends like I struggle with that like with my with that with my mom's relationship like I feel like shit when my mom's when my mom's feeling like shit like it makes me so mad so upset and it's like okay like no you can't be doing that because like your mom's an adult like you can't be like Mm -hmm. putting all of that on you and like she can handle her things on her own it's okay to feel bad for them but this like ongoing back and forth of like being dependent on each other for like happiness is like a really like like it's just a horrible rabbit hole that is really hard to like dig yourself back up so totally i want to hear like maybe any advice or like any thoughts or yeah well to your point like sympathy is one thing Mm -hmm. or having empathy for someone else is a really like huge strength Mm -hmm. but when you feel responsible for someone else's emotions to the point that you feel those emotions Mm -hmm. yourself is sort of a moment where you have to take a step back Mm -hmm. and ask yourself some questions um but there's so much in here Mm -hmm. like I think as girls, we have a tendency to play the therapist role for boys. Mm -hmm. And that's not fair for either people. Because at the end of the day, me helping a boyfriend with his very, like, serious mental health issues is never going to fix it. One, because I'm not a therapist. Mm -hmm. Two, because I'm in it. I'm, like, in this relationship with this person, and Mm -hmm. I lack the perspective to actually be helpful Mm -hmm. and it over time develops something that's really unhealthy that you start to take on accountability for the way that your partner your Mm -hmm. friend or your your parents are feeling and that's that's very very toxic yeah for sure and it's the hard part is understanding that in the moment Mm -hmm. it's easier to look back i didn't realize this until way later when i Mm -hmm. started therapy at all um and i didn't understand like the part that i played in it which i never blame myself by the way Mm -hmm. for it i don't feel guilty or responsible for like the pain that i had Mm -hmm. in high school um i just think i didn't know any better yeah and that was that but (coughs) there's just a lot of questions you have to ask yourself i mean Mm -hmm in any relationship like there's it can never be healing unless it's done on your own yeah or with a therapist or like you know a medical professional Mm -hmm. um and so whatever help that you feel like you can give another person is really not doing anything yeah and so what i had to ask myself and even like (laughs) in my current relationship is like am i helping him because I want him to be better or am mm-hmm. I helping him because it makes me feel good yeah so like and selfishly kind yeah of. which is super uh-huh. weird and what you're talking about about apologizing to the boys or mm-hmm. to your mother whoever about something that you don't have to apologize mm-hmm. for that's a huge thing too yeah I think that's a consequence of codependency mm-hmm. is and I remember like a lot of instances of this happening where I apologize for something that 
I had no no reason no business, to apologize yeah, no business it. apologizing. For and the first time that I ever like said something to Johnny, saying that like I like I don't know how to dis- it's not like a complaint, but like an issue that I wanted to mm-hmm. talk about was that he never asked me how I was doing. Mm-hmm. We talked about yeah. this, and it sounds so trivial and basic and mm-hmm. like just like an essential part to any. He's yeah, like, yeah. hey, how are you doing? Um, but he never did that and it doesn't it's not like for one I want him to be curious about how I'm doing and how I'm feeling every day but it was also like a basic principle of interacting with someone Mm -hmm. that he never did with me yeah and so I was like hey Johnny why don't you ever ask me how I'm doing Mm -hmm. and he's like oh well I just I can just tell I'm like you're not a mind (laughs) reader he's like I can just tell like and if you had a problem you would just tell me and I'm like, okay, interesting. And like, maybe I would tell him over mm-hmm. time, but it, what happened with codependency and the nature of the relationship mm-hmm. was so that I didn't feel comfortable telling him about the issues that I was feeling. Yeah. And I was worried that of his response when mm-hmm. I were to bring something up that was yeah. like genuinely an issue, even if it was as serious as cheating. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up being the one apologizing for those yeah. things. And that is a problem. Yeah, that's definitely a problem. And I also think it's important to take into consideration the fact that you were so young. And I feel like when people go through these things, that's such a fundamental age of, like, finding out who you are and growing up. It is so detrimental Mm -hmm. because, like, how old are you now? You're 21. Mm -hmm. You just got into your second relationship. And, like, those years between, how crazy was, like, the realizations and the growth you had to do and the work you had to do on yourself? Because all of those horrible things that happened in your first relationship happened at, like, 15, 16, 17, which is, like, those things are not supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. Like in your first of all in your first relationship like that should not be your first example of love you know because then that ruins so many things which we're going to talk about like trust and commitment issues like it ruins so many different things for people i'm going through this right now i have the worst trust issues Mm -hmm. like i cannot trust not even like mostly men like if i get into a relationship cannot trust you like even friendships also i don't trust that your intentions are like right because i've like gone through so much with like different relationships in my life where it's like i know you have ulterior motives like yeah. i know you're gonna do something to like stab me in the back later like i cannot uh, trust and that's you. the worst because yeah. you're low-key just like preying on their downfall uh-huh. <laughs> 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 i would do that too <laughs> it's a horrible feeling to have because yeah. it's like you you kind of know that it's like the little voice in the back of your head like you know you're kind of inventing these scenarios but at the same time you can't help but like not believe them like you totally like you have this voice like pushing like to the forefront of your head like oh this person is gonna stab you in the back this person is gonna fuck you over and it's just like a pile on of all these things you went through prior joe well no i'm just agreeing with Mm -hmm. you and i think jamie has definitely helped me a lot with this even though i haven't gone through like the same amount of like I'll go through it first. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> no, and like even commitment issues also like I like asked Joe the amount of times like I was talking to a guy what like 3 weeks ago, I was like terrified, like scared shitless mm. that like this would turn into something more than a talking stage. Yeah. Like I am horrified because I feel like those two like go hand in hand, mm. like trust and commitment issues. Where it's like, okay, I cannot commit to this person because I know I'm not going to be able to trust them, like, in the yeah. future. 
and it was holding you back from like mm-hmm. letting it unfold naturally yeah, yeah totally it's it's a really horrible feeling and i find myself doing that in friendships also where like like first semester of college i was so closed off like one because i had a boyfriend and that was taking so much of my time mm. that I ended up like going down the fucking shit shoot Were whatever you guys long distance he was in California. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, but um still love him. Not in love with him, but like <laughs> I think he's a great person. <laughs> not like that. I've been talking about my ex too much on this <laughs> podcast. Like it's not normal. <laughs> but he was the only one that treated me with like decency and respect. Yeah. So like I do have to kind of praise him out. for that. Yeah. Um but no, yeah, I we I quoted you kind of um with the trust and commitment issues. Mm-hmm. Like, you talked about self-manipulation, how that's those things, like, kind of morph into a form of self-manipulation. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Like how trust and commitment does? Mm-hmm. Like, mm. when you have trust and commitment issues, like, you kind of convince yourself. It's kind of a way of you manipulating yourself into not getting into things. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is super interesting. Yeah. I think, for one, like, when you're meeting people sometimes the trust and commitment issues might work in your favor because you don't want to be overly trusting overly forgiving sure and even though i went through like a series of traumatic things (laughs) for a 16 year old it definitely like it set me back and then it took a really long time for me to like ever like a guy again Mm -hmm. but it also meant that the next time i would was going to make it worth it Mm -hmm. and real because i can I can sniff a red flag from miles away. Like, yeah. I can just see it in, like, the first interaction. Mm-hmm. And I think, in general, I'm a very non-trusting person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are, you know, three types of people. Someone that sees the positive in people. Someone that sees the negative in people. And then others who are just, like, neutral. Mm-hmm. And my friend Ashlyn, who we were talking about yesterday, she's super neutral. She's, like, she doesn't have any expectations or she's not looking for, like, something that's bad about them she's just waiting to see and then she's gonna make her judgment oh my god i want to which be is like so that. mature <laughs> oh my yeah, god it's that's crazy amazing. where for me it's like you're guilty until proven innocent <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's a i relate to that like yeah. i i feel like especially with guys i'm like there's something wrong with you for sure like there's there's no way you yeah. are the way you are like there's like you have skeletons in your closet for sure and yeah. they're horrible like no it's yeah it's awful. I don't know if I can sniff a red flag from a mile away because I've definitely been prone to like allowing red flags into my life. But I feel well like I now, too. yeah, I feel like now I'm able to like kind of decipher those red flags, but I don't go looking for them because then mm. I feel like, but I feel like that's something I've come to terms with like rec- very recently. Cause yeah. like if I go looking for them, I feel like, okay, then I'm setting myself up for failure at the end yeah. of the day. Like it's not a good thing. Can yeah. I say something? Yes, please do. I don't think you go looking for them. I think you're right about that. Mm-hmm. But I think like when you see something, you're going to overanalyze yeah. it and eventually turn it into a red flag <laughs> when it doesn't so necessarily true. have yeah. to be one. That's the sort that's of like self true. manipulation mm-hmm. we're talking yeah. about is like yeah. convincing yourself of something that is not there yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. i agree with that 100 percent. and it's it's a very scary thing to come to come to terms with i've talked about it with my therapist ad nauseum she's so sick of me (laughs) but i mean i have to heal from that in order huge like trust issues are really huge trust is the foundation of every single Mm -hmm. relationship and you can't have one unless unless there's trust there i agree and like you i had a very untrusting first Mm -hmm. relationship and a lot of friendships that yep. I was like stabbed in the back mm-hmm. or 
there was some kind of falling out and I like judged them for something that they did mm-hmm. and I tend to see people in like these black and whites which yeah. I realized after is like you have to be fully well-rounded mm-hmm. and I hold them to like the expectations that I hold myself to yeah and if they can't meet that then like goodbye <laughs> And that's probably why I don't have very many friends <laughs> is because I hold them to such high standards, which is very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And like everyone has skeletons in their closet, for too, sure, like you were yeah. saying. And you can't judge everyone for those things. Like mm-hmm. you and I have them. Joe might have some. <laughs> maybe. I was like, no, I'm perfect. <laughs> um, and yeah, you have to let those things fo- like unfold naturally. And if there is something that they say that's deceiving and that's rude or offensive, then you can judge them for that. But mm-hmm. you can't like just try and constantly mind read or mm-hmm. perceive that these might happen because mind reading is not actually a thing. Yeah, it's so not. And I feel yeah. like some people need to realize that. Like I was definitely like that, like before in past relationships where I was like, Okay, like overanalyzing. I'm mm-hmm. such an overanalyzer. Like I nitpick everything and I create these scenarios in my head where I'm like, Okay, you're going stir crazy, like this is not normal. Like please take things for what they are and like some things do not have like hidden meanings behind them. Like it's okay for things to be the way they are, like but yeah, something I, I definitely need to work on. Um <laughs> But, like, do you want to say something, Joe? Mm. I don't know. I was just kind of bring. I was going to bring it back to the conversation you were telling me last night about you and your therapist. Because I feel like with my last relationship, Jamie was always, t- like, towards the, when we weren't dating, but, like, mm-hmm. with that person, Jamie was always telling me, like, you're setting him up to fail. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that was really interesting when you were telling me yeah. last night about, like, your ther- therapist just saying, like, you trust him. You know, he's a good person. And to, like, let him do these things like understand it but don't like hold it to him and move on yeah 100 Mm percent. i think that's like a legacy of the trust issues i had Mm -hmm. before and i want to like get into like on the topic of trust and commitment of like what it's like to get back into a relationship Mm -hmm. i don't know if that's a different question we are like in the getting over x slash closure okay that's slightly different okay then um, get into it please yeah so then we can go back to joe's point because that's super important um there's like only so much healing you can do mm-hmm. in between relationships, right? And I tried to work endlessly to mm-hmm. give everything to myself. Like yeah. all the things that I saw externally from my ex, I was like, I can no longer rely on anyone for these things. Mm-hmm. Like I'm only giving them to myself. I'm going to have a friend group. And I would like, f- I would literally make audio recordings late mm-hmm. at night, be like, you cannot have another boyfriend until you do these things. And then I'd li- I'd just talk for like 30 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. And like one of them was having a friend group because mm-hmm. that's super important to like have people that you can trust and rely on and that can meet other needs that your partner mm-hmm. can't, which is fine. Because yeah. I think also these days we put everything into one person. Mm-hmm. And I'm personally responsible for that is that we we need this person to do and meet everything for us. Yeah. And that's very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And no healthy relationship should be that sort of like one way street, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but so as I like in those four years when I was single, I was going to therapy, I was doing all the self work and it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I could be single for the rest of my life. I feel <laughs> good. Like I'm I'm at my peak right now. Mm-hmm. And then I met this guy that I liked. And I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> what do I do? Because we were friends first. We, yeah. like, respected each other, which was huge. Mm-hmm. We valued each other as, like, friends in our lives and people that we could give advice to. Mm-hmm. And we had so much fun together. 
and then it like progressed past that point and I had to ask myself like okay I'm literally at this moment where I'm Mm -hmm. like I have to decide whether to commit or not because otherwise it's unfair and it's weird because I am not like I'm not a hookup person Mm -hmm. it's not that I wanted another person or like you know the commitment it wasn't that I couldn't commit it Mm -hmm. was like there was something else in me that was not about like oh I need to keep myself open yeah I just for some reason I can't do it Mm -hmm. like something's holding me back Mm -hmm. and so it's like no matter how much self-work you do in between relationships you're gonna get to a point where there's a boy you like there's a girl you like Mm -hmm. and you just have to jump in yes because there's there's like it opened a can of worms when I finally entered another relationship of like all the things that I couldn't work on myself that could only be Mm -hmm. tested with another person yeah and my boyfriend was saying like as a uh, as a friend like sometimes we would put the friend hat on and I would Mm -hmm. have to like consciously put the friend hat on when he was telling me about his like exes Mm -hmm. um he put the friend hat on and he was like Jamie just so you know as your friend like you have to just trust someone like you just have to trust them and see what happens because you're never gonna get to a point unless you consciously like decide to do that Mm -hmm. and be okay with something like a mistake happening later or being okay with like being betrayed or like you know we fear the possibility of someone letting us down so much that we never even give them the opportunity Mm -hmm. to trust them yeah which is huge exactly and so that goes back to joe's point is that even in the relationship there's so many lingering effects from my ex where he'll say something and I'll assume the worst mm-hmm. and I'll assume the most distrusting thing. Yeah. And to the point where it's not even what he says, like I make up words yeah. in my head. It's so weird. I and was hearing you guys last night. I was like, oh, yeah. oh Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> like I totally misinterpreted <laughs> things, which is super unfair. And like my that distrusting lens that I put on every single day to self-protect mm-hmm. is like not doing me any good. And it's setting him up to fail, like Joe said. Yeah. And it's a really horrible feeling. And I feel like back to the point of, like, being single and, like, you give yourself all these things, but Mm -hmm. then you come to the point where you, like, kind of have to commit. I feel like it's something you owe to yourself, you know? Especially after all these years of being single. Like, you owe it to yourself. Like, not to be selfish or anything, but you do owe that to Jamie to, like, try like just do it you know just like as if someone's pushing you you know like you have to push yourself to like okay i'm gonna do it like that's it like that's literally what it comes down to mm -hmm. it's just like making that self-conscious choice yeah which is a big thing for sure i feel like you have definitely a special case like horrible like emotionally abusive relationship four years being single and then you have like that little come to jesus moment where it's like oh no i like someone like what's going on yeah literally yeah it's definitely like a crazy thing i'm not at that point yet i don't think i've only been single for like almost a year like 11 months now actually he broke up with me right before my birthday (laughs) no (laughs) so the milestone is the day before your birthday I think that's a good thing to celebrate, though. <laughs> it was so sad. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I got so drunk the day of my birthday. <laughs> like, I vomited all over my best friend. Like, my oh ex-best friend. No. Like, the party was at her house. I vomited all over her mom's. Like, you know how people have, like, nice living rooms and then living rooms for, like, regular yeah, people? I threw up all nice. over the nice oh, living geez. room. And we flipped the kitchen. She does not know to this day. <laughs> 
it was so bad and i did such regrettable things that night too like it was i didn't give myself the time i needed yeah, like i was mm-hmm, i was being very impulsive and it was just like i'll tell you guys after this because i'm not gonna incriminate myself on this <laughs> in case someone listens um but no yeah now i want to talk about being single those four years yeah. for me the past 11 months yeah let's talk about that being well, single the experience now obviously you're in a relationship but yeah what was that like being finally being released from the shackles yeah. of johnny <laughs> like what was that <laughs> what was that like <laughs> yeah um i would say like the first it took me like a year to get over him not really that I, not that i like still liked him but mm-hmm. to get over those like impulses that had been ingrained into me mm-hmm. from like the codependency I was talking about they're sort of like the reflexes that mm-hmm. I had and the problem was that he wouldn't stop communicating with me yeah we and talked about that yeah when I was he's like no communication yeah. is so key oh my yeah. gosh Joe I know you, you feel strongly about this yeah. please <laughs> <laughs> he's like dying <laughs> no, no, no. we're all here right now <laughs> but I also feel like this was a super like interesting situation whereas like yeah. Johnny's family was a mm. huge part of our family's lives like yeah. after they broke up mm-hmm. which I don't think a lot of people have to go through so like his name was constantly bringing up or getting brought up like yeah. his family was constantly around and also like he was communicating with you like he was reaching out so you never really had like the time to like fully for not even forget about him but like have that space without him yeah 100 mm-hmm. percent, which is super crucial yeah. and I never believed in blocking someone mm-hmm. I thought like I it's the same thing where I told my mom once I wanted to get a flip phone <laughs> and I've been waiting for this thing to break it on the case. So I'm like, oh, I just won't have a phone anymore. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Jamie, if you really want to live without a phone, then it's better to be able to control yourself with the temptation than to block it out completely. Whoa. And Julie Bishop. Wait, I know. Wait, <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's so wise. I know. And so that like that <laughs> hit because it hits so many other things. And that I think has to do with like blocking people on social media or blocking their numbers was like I'd rather know that I had no desire to talk to him with you know his name sitting right on my phone like that's such a good point I'm gonna add to that after then like blocking it and you know but sometimes it's like really helpful to just block them because Mm -hmm. it's like unsafe for them to be contacting you yeah and like I had moved abroad at this point um and to Joe's point we broke up like the last time I guess on a family vacation yeah and I I remember this story so much like Mm -hmm. to this day I like cried the last time I saw his his mom and his grandmother Mm. they're amazing um so that sucks but um yeah I had moved abroad I was living in Ireland so Mm -hmm. I was like this is my free break like Mm -hmm. this is amazing I don't have to talk to anyone I'm on a completely different time zone and he would call me at like six in the morning like almost every day I would wake up to a FaceTime from him FaceTime is fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh my god. And we were still like we were still talking. Like I was definitely playing a part in it and mm-hmm. it was like pretty innocent. Um I found out later that he was dating someone that whole time. Mm-hmm. But he was telling me like I still love you, like I'll never find someone else like you and I'm I'm just realizing that now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no duh. Um but like stop trying to cramp my style. Yeah, yeah. And it was very much like it's so classic that he's trying to prevent me from like having my independence Mm -hmm. it's so classic it's such a classic trope yeah it's like please stop yeah 
kind of to your point of what your mom said, mm-hmm. which I think is like I never thought of Power. that, but like I feel yeah. like we some people do that unintentionally. Like I kind of did that. Like I kind of came to that realization because like my last ex again, love him. He was the best ex ever. I would never get back together with him because too much happened. But um, like when we broke up, it didn't end on bad terms. But obviously, like a breakup, it's like ugh, like I fucking hate him. He's a piece yeah. of shit. Like in the moment, you yeah. know. And I was like so ready to press that block button, but I was like, no, like yeah. I'm not gonna do that. But at the beginning, it was kind of like out of spite because like the next day was my birthday, and I knew I was gonna be looking mm. cute, like in my dress or whatever. So I was like, I want him to fucking <laughs> see this. Like at the beginning, it was like kind of in that sense. But after, I was like. Hmm. Like, I have the ability, but I'm not doing it. Yeah. And then he ended up calling me. He called me, like, what, five times last semester? Like, after we broke up the first semester, he called me once. Like, the first time, I was so confused because I had not deleted like i removed the contact but his number like i still knew what his number was and he like called me and i saw the like area code and like i saw Mm. like the you know how it says like the state and so i was like oh i don't know anyone else from california there's only my uncle and i know his ass is sleeping it was like 2 a.m for them (laughs) and i was like oh like should i answer i was with my friend at the time and i was like okay i'm gonna answer i'm gonna put him on speaker and like you tell me what to say and like we just started talking it was a regular conversation Mm -hmm. like he was super giddy though like he was like almost too happy to hear my voice and i was like oh i don't like this like at all but i was trying to like keep my cool because i was still not over him Mm -hmm. so i was like i wanted to be like giddy also like oh my god i miss you so much and it's like no like you have to stop yourself like you cannot say those things but it's just nice to have that ability where it's like okay like he's there but I don't yeah. I don't need to like call him yeah. or text him like I don't feel that urge anymore which exactly. is such a nice thing and I feel like that kind of plays into like the closure part or like mm-hmm. getting over someone it's such mm-hmm. a nice thing like I do love a block button but like not not in that way yeah. there's yeah. certain times when it's definitely necessary For and like sure. where I would tell a friend like I think you just need to block him because mm-hmm. this is too much but it's really not healthy to be communicating afterwards like sure in like a couple months you can check in how's Mm -hmm. life how are you like just because you're curious and it's someone that you cared about but especially in a in a relationship that was not healthy like Mm -hmm. he's literally just throwing that like fishing hook or something Mm -hmm. and trying to reel me back in yeah and that wasn't healthy especially when I was literally across the world trying to do my own thing um I'm shocked he didn't book a flight that would have been fucking no. crazy yeah oh my god yeah no but he it was like it was all for show i think i don't know but it was a lot to be like receiving all that stuff from him and mm-hmm. i just kind of stopped responding stopped engaging and eventually like a year later it died out mm-hmm. um and i like haven't spoken to him since which is amazing yeah um but it definitely like stopped me from healing so when i say that i wasn't over him it wasn't that I was still in love with him. Mm-hmm. I still liked him. It was just that, like, he, there was no freedom for me to heal when I was still in contact with him. Mm-hmm. And he was still playing the, that shit. And I yeah. found out, oh, he's dating someone while he was telling me all these things. Mm-hmm. And I think it's such an interesting story because after all the shit that he did to me and that, like, the weird stuff that we did together, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't cheating. It wasn't, like, emotional abuse or verbal abuse. It was on FaceTime once. Like, this is the thing that released me. Oh, I remember this. It was the this. day before my birthday. Yeah. The day before I think I turned 19, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or was it 20? Was it 20? No, it was 19. It was my first year in college. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. 
and this was during lockdown in Ireland, which was sucky. <laughs> and I was writing in my journal. Actually, no, step back. He called me, and he's like, "You know what, Jimmy? Fine, I'll move to Europe for you. <laughs> I'll go anywhere as long as weed's legal. I'll just do it. It's no problem." I'm like, "Uh, where's this coming from?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's fine. We'll we'll have a cabin somewhere." And I'll be outside chopping wood, and you'll be in the kitchen cooking. And that, for whatever reason, not the cheating, not anything else, that was what sent me. <laughs> I was disgusted from that point on. Yeah. It was the like how the audacity to say something like mm-hmm. that for whatever reason, the sexism, the misogyny, like it was that that sent me over the edge. Mm-hmm. And I all of a sudden, it was a crazy moment where I went, oh my God. I'm freed. <laughs> like, it's done. It, it happened. Like, oh. I had my moment. And I wrote a, di- a diary entry that was saying, like, it was like, this is your moment, like, all caps, saying, like, you know, the best you can do is keep him for a friend, but you have to remember the power it is to be by yourself because you'll never get that back. Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful, and wow. I felt liberated. Oh and my God. I went grocery shopping <laughs> to like get stuff for like a wine night for my oh birthday. Wait. And <laughs> it's so weird. Like I think it was like a universe thing. <laughs> and I go <laughs> I go into the cheese section for like Can a you cheese use a different board. name for him? What? Okay. You gotta like this is your own problem to deal with. Just take your headphones off. Joe doesn't like cheese, so I know. <laughs> um like she hates it. I'm going to the cheese section and the cheese boy we call him cheese boy mm-hmm. like the guy behind the counter at this grocery store oh my god it was just like was we his name locked Johnny? eyes no i don't oh. know what his name was <laughs> I d- his name is cheese boy okay. for all that matters um we like locked eyes and it was like if i were to have a love at first sight moment <gasps> it was this no we locked way. eyes it was like oh my god who are you who are you <laughs> and we were laughing we were just like talking mm-hmm. he gave me free stuff and oh i was like god. that was so crazy And I don't know if it's, like, the universe putting it out there for me, which Mm -hmm. I definitely believe in. Or it was, like, the energy that I was giving out Mm -hmm. because of that release Mm -hmm. was allowing people to, like, in turn connect with me or something, Mm -hmm. you know? But that was, like, a huge moment. And after that, I felt very liberated. Wow. And we're going to go on to closure. And so this is, like, very much a follow-up. Okay, wow. That's amazing. Oh, my God. That's such a beautiful story. I know, it was crazy. I hadn't heard that I one never yet. talked to him, the cheese boy after that, though. Aww. Rest I in mean, peace. it's okay. Yeah. I hope he's doing okay in Ireland. He <laughs> looked like Niall Hornet. Hornet? Horan? Horan? Mm, I don't like that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> no, but like, are you referring to the correct one? The One Direction guy? Yeah. The yeah, but like, better. He wasn't blonde. <laughs> he was like, brunette. But he had like blue eyes. Like he had blue eyes and So not Niall Horn. <laughs> no, it wasn't him, but he's also Irish. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, he was cute. The wrong <laughs> I think so too. She doesn't really know them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not Harry Styles. Definitely not. No. No. Could like a mix between the two, you guys. Like brown hair, blue eyes. He was cute. Okay. I I trust your judgment. Thank you. <laughs> I trust nineteen year old Jamie. Um I don't know. As for me being single, I don't think I've had a specific moment where I was like, because again, I was never in like in a relationship where it was like, I need to be released from this. But like, I do think I'm over him for sure. Like, I'm not in love with him anymore. He's always like, I told Joe this. He's the one I'm going to tell like my kids about for sure. Like, 
this was like for sure like the boyfriends prior to that don't matter to me like I, you were not you were a friend like you were not a boyfriend whatsoever but this kid like i was head over heels in love with him like it was crazy like i genuinely thought i'm gonna build my life with this person i'm gonna marry this person Whoa. have kids and i was so young too but yeah. it's just like that unshakable feeling where it's like i see you in my future like you're my future husband you're the future uh, father of my kids and whatever <laughs> no yeah it was That's crazy <laughs> no but like it was nice because it was reciprocated and i know for a fact it was reciprocated because i knew this kid for like not forever but like for a really long time before and like we were friends before too which was really nice and so he's the one i'm always gonna like if my daughter asks me about like boy advice he's the first one like i'm gonna tell her mm-hmm. about or whatever but um I kind of like being single. I love it. There's no, like, attachment to anything, honestly. Yeah. And I feel like I, because I was definitely, I did have a boy-crazy phase in my life where I was, like, constantly, like, not in and out of relationships, but, like, in and out of, like, situationships where I was, like, please take a seat. Like, you're one, you're too young for this. Two, yeah. this is not, you're trying to, like, fill a gap in your life for sure. Yeah. I totally yeah. forgot that this was about being single. The question no, in the first place. So I feel like I went on a tangent. No, but I like where it but went so though. There's so much there. Too. It it led to a good segue for yeah. getting over someone and closure. Yeah. So. Well, I just want to tell an anecdote Please about the closure. Please do. I love anecdotes. And then in turn, something my therapist told me way later. It's um, gonna be a good segue for our therapy segment. Yes. <laughs> um, so as Joe mentioned, our families like my ex's family and our family super close friends Mm -hmm. and after i think it was christmas time my first year in college like Mm -hmm. when this stuff was going on um they came over for like what ended up being a really fun night we had karaoke (laughs) we all got super drunk like it was so fun was Um, he there he was there which at the time i was like oh okay that's fine i guess whatever Mm -hmm. now it would be like absolutely not because i think i don't know how i would react which Mm -hmm. i'm very curious to test at some point (laughs) um but there ended up being a moment where we were alone in the bathroom and he started talking about a friend like a mutual friend he was like i can't believe this guy he's like cheating on all these girls like he can't keep one at a time and he was like ranting about this guy i'm like wait a second you did all of those things to me. Like, who are you to talk about mm-hmm. this? And he goes, yeah, Jamie, you know, about that. Like, I really want to, like, I'm not sure if he actually used the word sorry. <laughs> but he's like, you know, I was 16. I was stupid. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was really immature. And maybe he said, I just want to say I'm sorry or something. Mm-hmm. But I highly doubt it. And I go, oh, wow. You know what, Johnny? That's, like, very nice of you to say. And you know what? Like, as shitty as that all was, I really learned a lot. And I feel like I'm a better person for it. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, put me so much ahead. While I'm saying that sentence, he walks out of the room. (laughs) I remember when you told me (laughs) Mid-sentence. He just leaves. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I was so mad. And I'm like, are you joking me? Like, once again, this guy is apologizing. And it just, it will never... (laughs) Jesus, it like it will never be that moment. Like he's mm-hmm. incapable mm-hmm. of saying an apology. He's incapable of hearing someone out. It's just not part of who he is. Yeah. And I will never forget that moment. And years later, I talked maybe like two years actually. I talked to my current therapist about it, and she was like, "You know what? Closure is a myth, Jamie, because mm. closure is giving up control, p- 
putting your emotions in the per- other person's hand mm-hmm. and allowing them to do to give you something that you need and you can't truly get over someone if you're getting that from the other person it has to be completely on your own Mm -hmm. because you're never gonna have that perfect moment like what we see in the movies or tv shows where like a broken up couple they meet back up and they're like you know what i'm so sorry like i still love you Mm -hmm. always blah 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 it doesn't exist yeah it's a complete myth Mm -hmm. and so if you're if you find yourself like going back to your ex trying to text them trying to post that picture to get their attention like yeah it is doing you so much harm it is it's really really bad and like it takes so much self-control though to like stop yourself before you Mm -hmm. get to that moment because it's never going to be what you're looking for it's never going to be that moment that you pictured and it's not going to it's not going to serve you any good wow yeah that is profound closure is not real Mm -hmm. that's and it's coming from a real therapist, so please, yeah. I never claim to be a therapist, <laughs> neither has Jamie, so yeah, it's coming for, from a real therapist. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of therapy, yes. I always talk about how I'm an avid therapy goer. I have two therapists, one in Haiti and one here, mm. and I know Joe recently started going, which I'm Woo! so proud of that. <laughs> Go Joe. Thanks, guys. She's in our Jera, her Joe era. And Joe's told me so much, and now you have told me so much about how you also are an avid therapy goer. So I want to hear about how you got into that and the reasons for it and how it's helped you or how it's been going. Yeah, therapy has been the best thing (laughs) in my entire life. (laughs) Agreed. Um, I think the first time I, like, wanted a therapist was actually in high school when I was anxious all the time from Mm -hmm. my relationship and my ex went to a therapist so it, like I didn't really know that that was a thing until high school probably and I remember like you know working up the nerve to ask my mom for a therapist mm-hmm. did I ever tell you this I don't remember. yeah and <laughs> she was like okay Jamie if that's what you need then like we'll talk about it no no worries but like I just want to be able to support you and like know what's going on in your life and I'm like yeah that's fine but like I, I think I need a professional yeah. to speak to and it never ended up happening and then after I left Ireland and I was seeing ghosts and stuff and I thought that I like (laughs) might be schizophrenic (laughs) I was like really worried so I'm like okay you know what I need this right now (laughs) and it was a good moment to have a therapist because I was moving I had just left um, a foreign country that I was living in for two years and I was moving to New York City and so like a life transition is a really good time to get a therapist Mm -hmm. and so I just went to BetterHelp because it was easy I didn't have to Mm -hmm. like I didn't have to ask anyone like I just did it and 30 minute sessions or something you can text them as much as you want Mm -hmm. which was a really great like starting point but I don't think I really clicked with my therapist that much and like therapists you definitely have to shop around for for sure like not like it's not a one-size-fits-all like you definitely have to make it personalized and that part of that is having a therapist that you really sync with Mm -hmm. I remember I told Joe my first therapy session ever after my parents divorce I just stood there like I sat there looked at the lady for an hour and a half did not say a word I think she only knew my name and I was like nope I'm not telling you shit like I don't trust you like I'm not telling you anything so it's definitely something like that is personalized to everyone's like character 100% yeah Yeah, and I think you definitely have to like put in the work on your Mm -hmm. end to make sure that this is someone that you feel comfortable with Mm -hmm. because you're not gonna get enough out of it if you guys don't like clash yeah um, so I think I was with that therapist for a couple months and then maybe, maybe like, I don't know, 
five months into living in New York, I found a different therapist who was based in the city, and she's amazing. She, like, is part of a practice that's all young women mm-hmm. and who pride themselves on being, like, for one, a therapist and for two, like, a young woman that you can tell boy issues to mm-hmm. and, like, friend things. Because sometimes I feel embarrassed about that it's so trivial when I'm talking to, like, an adult. Yeah. And that, like, my problems aren't real mm-hmm. because it's just, like, friend group stuff that I have to learn anyway. Um, but that style really, like, like I really agreed with that. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, therapy has been, like, the best thing I've ever done for myself. It's been so much fun, and it takes so much work, too. Mm -hmm. I used to think that journaling was a form of, like, self-therapy, which is kind of true. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a really good thing, a really good exercise to do to become more self-aware and, like, reflect on the things that you've done. But there's nothing like a therapist. and Yeah, having that person. Yeah, and it... I don't know. It's not (coughs) always like you can't just like show up to therapy Mm -hmm. and expect something to happen. Mm -hmm. It takes about like 10 sessions for them to really understand you. For sure. And then it takes you talking about everything, all of yourself, for them to be able to draw lines to your your childhood, your past, your family members, whatever, um, other major events in your life. Mm -hmm. But it also takes like like you. It's a really good way to like model an ideal relationship. Mm-hmm. because with with no stakes yeah so I remember w- my first therapy session with this new girl maybe my second one and she had this sort of style of saying like oh well you should be so proud of yourself for doing this or that and I'm like hey that doesn't work for me mm-hmm. like I don't need you to tell me the things I did well like yeah. I don't really like I just tune out when you say mm-hmm. it, when you like praise me I don't yeah. like that and she was like okay I won't do it again and, like, those are things that are very useful, like, yeah. communication styles, when there's zero stakes to be able to practice that mm-hmm. with. And a principle that she said is, like, I need you to be honest with two people, yourself and your therapist. Mm-hmm. And that is so powerful, I think, because there's so many things that maybe you're in denial about and things that you feel ashamed to tell other people. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to get, like, the full benefit of therapy unless you're very honest with those two people. And in general, if there's something that you feel ashamed to tell your even your therapist, yeah, you gotta take a look. We were talking about that last night. Like, if there's certain things, like if you're dealing with something and you're like, or you're acting upon something or thinking something, and you're scared to tell your therapist, that's when you know, like, there's a line to be drawn. Yeah, one hundred percent. I agree with that. I love therapy. I cannot say it enough. Mm. I. I was not the biggest fan at all before because I think, like, for you, you went into it, like, yourself. Like, you you kind of had that push where it was like, okay, Jamie, you need you need this. But me, I was kind of, like, forced into it because, like, parents divorced and, like, obviously something was wrong with me. Well, not wrong with me, but I wasn't doing too well. And so I think it's my aunt, my mom's sister, who, like, kind of pushed it on my mom and then my mom pushed me and I was like, I'm not fucking telling a random stranger what I'm yeah. feeling. Like, I'm fine. Like, I love saying I'm fine. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> Joe's nodding. I'm <laughs> fine. It's okay. Like, it's whatever. Like, I'll deal with it That's on my good. own. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> like, it's whatever. But, um, so that failed horribly. But then maybe, like, a couple months later, I started going back. And it was the same woman. And I was like, you know what? I did not try. Like, I did not. And mind you, I was, like, 13. 12 13 and I was like okay like I'm gonna I'm gonna try and then we started talking and whatever like you said like she she didn't even get to the divorce like 
before seven sessions like we talked about so many other different things like home life relationships whatever before we actually got to the like big like life event that happened that I wanted to like actually deal with and get over and then I moved to Miami and then I was like okay I can't see this woman anymore like I'm sad like but I moved to Miami for like six months because I fucking hated the United States I was like not doing this anymore so I went back and then I started seeing her again which was amazing and I feel like that's when I got like one of my first boyfriends who ended up cheating on me whatever um but (laughs) thank god (laughs) for her so I started seeing her again and then when I came here I kind of stopped seeing her because like I was in another relationship and the ex that we love so much and like I was like I don't need therapy I'm so happy Mm -hmm. blah blah and then that ended up like horribly and so I found a therapist here in Boston which I I still see her I love her so much and I still see the therapist in Haiti for like other things like that she's kind of like in my back pocket like when I feel like I need her I text her I call like I'm super comfortable with her Mm -hmm. like to that point where I can like just call her up you know and have like a five minute five minute conversation ten minute conversation you know so I don't know like parents divorce was definitely the jump start for it but so many other life events happen where I was like okay like it's good to keep going to have that one person that I can like really vent to like without any boundaries like I can just like word vomit and like she's going to help Mm -hmm. I feel like that's such a nice thing to have because like as close as you may be with like other people in your life they're never gonna be able to truly help you because Mm -hmm. like i always say this i'm like so close my mom is like my sister like i tell her she knows everything about my life but there's only so much she can do to help me like navigate those things so i feel like it's really good to have that impartial person and i feel like impartiality is a huge thing in therapy Yeah, yeah so i feel like that's please guys everyone i think everyone needs therapy like maybe not to the same level as other people but it's such an amazing thing yeah, like it's, it's such probably a annoying to hear though people who go to therapy or like everyone needs to go to therapy you know I'm but it's saying <laughs> it's like you you don't need to have a problem to go to therapy exactly and it's really cool if you go on like your own will but it's mm-hmm. also totally acceptable if someone else like puts you in that position um but I also had like kind of rules going into it of like I don't want to be diagnosed with something and I don't want to come out of this thinking I have more problems than Mm -hmm. I thought you know yeah and to your point Mel they're having a therapist and someone that's like their sole purpose is kind of to help Mm -hmm. you and for you to like vent to them it really makes all your relationships better not just because you're becoming more wise for going to therapy but because you don't have to use other people as an outlet which Mm -hmm. is kind of what we were talking about at the beginning too yeah of how like codependent relationships form it makes your other relationships much better for that so much better you can tell them things you can tell them like insight of things that you've learned in therapy but you don't have that expectation of them like fixing all your problems and solving everything for you which is such a nice thing joe i want to hear your thoughts as a new newcomer please chime in i started therapy a couple weeks ago jamie's been pressing me on this for a really (laughs) long time and it's like it's something that i've been wanting to do but i've just been so lazy on like actually acting on it um 
but I've been loving it. I swear to God, I like I lock myself in the room and I kick <laughs> Melody out. And every time I come out to tell her the room's ready, I just feel like a new person, yeah. like weight off like on my a cloud. shoulder. Yes, I'm like constantly smiling. I think I like jump too. I like <laughs> jump and dance around. I'm like, ah, that was so good. Like I feel so good. And it's like, what'd you talk about? I don't even know. Like it was just so good. Yeah. Um, but something you were talking about was like journaling, and how that's like kind of a form of like self-therapy which I agree with but also something super interesting that I find myself doing sometimes when I'm journaling is like I'm writing down things but I'm like twisting my words and I'll like I'll stop I'll pause Mm. and I'll think like why am I like not being like a hundred percent myself in this like nobody is reading this this, but me and it just makes me think that like that's so interesting because, like, maybe I'm not myself 100% of the time if, like, I can't even be real on paper, mm-hmm. like, to myself. Like, it just makes me think that, like, when I'm with people, maybe I'm ashamed to, like, say my actual thoughts. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. it's ju- it was just, like, a super interesting realization to me, um, which is, like, something that I, I have to be, like, conscious of when I am journaling because it's, like, it's only going to help me to write down, like, what I'm actually thinking and, like, when I do journal, it's, like, I'll just start with a random thought. I won't even, like, know exactly what I want to say. But, like, mm-hmm. over time, like, when I'm writing, it's, like, I'll just figure out all these things that I didn't even know yeah. existed. Because yeah. you just get in these tangents. And it's, like, you can write however you want. You can say whatever you want. Like, nobody is reading this, hopefully, <laughs> but yourself <laughs> if you even decide to come back and read this later. Yeah. It's just, like, it's really interesting, though, seeing that, like, at least for me, like, that I'm not completely honest all the time and it just Mm -hmm. makes me think like how I am with other people then but like what Jamie was saying like being so honest with your therapist because it's like if you're not then why are you even in this you're not going to get the proper help you're not Mm going to like you're going to say stories and if you twist them even the slightest then like they're not going to have a proper understanding of like what's going on and they're going to help you in a different direction but like if you are actually so honest then like they are so useful Mm -hmm. and like it's it's nice like not having yeah, also, like, being able to put that in a separate bucket. Like, mm-hmm. all those problems. Exactly. Yeah, Exactly. Um, I agree with that's that. That's such a good point. And, like, she's just made me realize, like, so many things that I just never would have put together on my own. Yeah. Which, like, I'll call Jamie after my, like, therapy session and I'll tell her something. And even Jamie's like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God. And it's, like, it's such <laughs> a, s- it's, it's, like, it's, like, the most obvious things, too. And it's, like, how could I have not seen that? But, like, sometimes it's mm-hmm. so hard because you have so much else going on in your mind. But, like when they're just, like, an unbiased, like, open person, then, like, they're going to come to these conclusions for you. Yeah. I don't know. I just think, I think it's honestly, like, so amazing. I'm so excited. It is amazing. Yeah, and it's, like, it's kind of hard to start off with because, like, there's so much that you feel the need to tell them Mm -hmm. right away because it's, like, I want her to know all these things about me so that, like, she can actually understand these current problems. Mm -hmm. But, like, Mm -hmm. they don't even really need to know that. Like, sure, it's Mm going to be helpful in a few weeks when she does, like, know me a little bit better because I did really just start off like I started really yeah. recently but it's so interesting like even the meta stuff that goes on in the therapist head that you don't hear too yeah because mm-hmm. like even what how you choose to describe the people in your life is information for a therapist mm-hmm. not just what that person is like but how you're presenting them yeah how you present yourself and that goes into journaling which in my first podcast episode that I did that <laughs> is unreleased that I think Joe li- listened, listened to it yeah. uh, maybe my family um I talked about journaling because mm-hmm. I think it's so important this was pre-therapy and it's such a good that you can provide to yourself and the act there's something about the act of writing 
on a piece of paper Mm -hmm. that's very therapeutic but that channels like some kind of stream of consciousness yeah that doesn't happen on a screen Mm -hmm. because what happens when you're typing or texting or like even if you do it on your notes app you're constantly like reevaluating everything that you Mm -hmm. write deleting editing yeah yeah Yeah. because that's how we are when we interact with technology Mm -hmm. is like somehow that like idea that an external person or force is going to see it it's just that's the way it's modeled when we interact with technology so it's just put it on a piece of paper and as joe was saying there's so many things you can look back on and even in the process of writing sometimes i've had moments where i'm like holy shit i'm a genius (laughs) for saying this right now (laughs) and i'll look back like she was so smart yeah and it's such a like for one it's good to like even just act like even if you don't read it back but for two as like a time capsule piece Mm -hmm. because i'm a history major and this is very important (laughs) And um, to see the thoughts that you had when you were younger. Like, I have journals going back to middle school. Oh, my God, which is me so too. Cool. Like, the little lock ones. Ugh, I have yeah. boxes of them under my yeah. bed, and I can't wait to read them. It's so fun. I would write, like, Dear Future Self, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is so corny. <laughs> um, but it's so cool to look back on and, like, remember all the thoughts. And it's it's a good exercise for even, like, your memory. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many good things about journaling that you can do. And, like, all the greats have journaled. All the yeah. great, like, writers and philosophers going back have all journaled and kept like a piece of their own history Mm -hmm. which you know when we all get rich and famous (laughs) that's going to be very valuable that's going to be in our museum one day (laughs) i agree with that and i was actually thinking about that the other day because i kind of took a journaling hiatus because i think i was using it in the wrong way because when i look at my journals from like the last two years of high school it's all negative things all i wasn't using it 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 wasn't like an outlet to like I feel like at the time I was thinking it was an outlet. Okay, let me get these negative thoughts out. But it's like, oh my God, you were miserable. Like, what the hell was possibly going on in your life for you to be having those thoughts? Like, I I have one, like, here with me from my junior (gasps) year of high school. And I read it the other day because I restarted journaling because there's a ton of pages, like, blank pages left. So I was like, okay, let me use this up, whatever. So I was reading back and I was like, oh my like this made me so sad but it's so nice to see like how far i've come yeah, kind of exactly. you know you can be proud of the progress exactly it's such a nice thing to have and look back on and i was actually like i'm still on my hiatus because like i need to like figure out obviously there's no right way of journaling but like i need to like make time to do that but yeah. i was watching like i recently restarted Grey's anatomy and like i'm at the point where like um the main character like her mom had alzheimer's and like she was mm. like she like always had she had like boxes upon boxes of like her medical journals and like personal journals and whatever and the daughter was like reading all of these things and like making connections as to how like why she's the way she is as an adult like how that pertained to like her childhood (gasps) and like all these things and like us saying this right now it's like it's a crazy thing yeah I love journaling. Me too. I think it's such a nice it's thing. It's really, really cool for so many reasons. Mm-hmm. I have a question for both of you. Um, it's going back to therapy. Mm-hmm. I, I just like sometimes when I'm talking to my therapist, I'm thinking like this is so frustrating because she doesn't know the people that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like all she knows is what I'm telling her, which mm-hmm. like to me is like the wholehearted truth. But like what if I'm like misunderstanding things? Like do you think in turn like that could make you really lost? Because, like, they're giving you advice based off of the things that you're saying. No, because I think that the therapist keeps that in mind, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, good therapy keeps all human biases in mind. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like 
I agree with Jamie. Like, it d- I don't think it skews their advice because, like, to you, that is your truth. Yeah. And ultimately, the person they're trying to help is you. And so, like, they're navigating, like, how to help you through, like, the people in your lives, the way you see things, the way you, c- you experience things. And, like, the way you explain that to her is your truth. So, like, yeah. you know, I don't... And also, like, obviously, she does keep those things in mind. So, yeah. I don't know. And yeah. then, do you also... I have, like, a really good friend at home, and... I've been talking to him a lot and like for the past half year I've been like wanting him to enter therapy and like Mm -hmm. he's tried it but he hasn't really like loved it do you think that there's like a point in time where like like therapy will only work if you actually want to get help Mm -hmm. do you think otherwise it's like it's no use yeah, 100%. Yeah, I feel like at a certain age, like, when you reach that full autonomy over yourself, there comes a point where you have to decide. Like, nothing anyone will say. Like, had my parents gotten divorced, like, the age I'm at right now, and then someone was pushing therapy on me, I would be like, I'm only doing it if I want mm-hmm. to. Like, if I feel the need to, like, myself, I'm not going to listen to anyone else. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. as I was saying earlier, it's like a two-way street, meaning that it's a relationship. Yeah. So, like, if you're not putting in the work on your own, but also, like, in, like, facing your therapist, it's not going to, there's going to be no benefit to it. Like, it'll be helpful and maybe they'll learn to love it or, like, learn to embrace it. But it requires both parties to do their job. Yeah, I agree with that. So, like, if someone is pushing you, like, too much to go for it, then you go into it with the intention of, like, oh, this is something I have to do. Like, it's an obligation. It's not something I genuinely right. want to do to, like, better myself. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Oh, my God. This episode is so long, guys. Wait, I feel how much <laughs> this how is, long? like, almost two hours. What? Yeah. I feel like there is there <laughs> oh is God, so much. so fast. I feel like there's so much more we can address, but for the sake of my maybe a part two next <gasps> time you I come or, or if we come to New York, so hmm, fun. to <laughs> ponder. But I don't know. I feel like there's just so much more we can address. Like I don't. Th- obviously, it's anything and everything. I feel like we addressed a lot for yeah, sure. Yeah. And we definitely some good conversations stemmed from my main points, which I'm so pumped about i can't wait to listen to this back we can listen to it tonight <laughs> oh, like i'm listening s- to your podcast we I always love, listen when I she's really done before oh my God, i don't think i could before i hated doing that but now that i'm kind of i hate hearing my voice but i kind of have to for what i'm yeah, doing so I, I have i had to get used to it but now i love listening to them back like me and joe every time i'm done recording i'm like do you want to listen sometimes yeah. she just leaves me in the room <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> 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 so yeah i don't know guys i think that's all we have for you today thank Um, you mel i'm so happy i could do this oh my god don't even mention it i'm so happy i'm (laughs) like i'm like a giddy schoolgirl right now (laughs) i'm so excited like uh, thank you so much for giving me your time you're on vacation and you came on here which is so amazing Thank you, Joe, for orchestrating this. This is so <laughs> exciting. For, it's so weird, though. I know. To see, like, both of you right here. <laughs> really? Yeah, it I don't know. It feels like I've known you for a while, <laughs> actually. I don't it's feel like crazy. it's weird. <laughs> oh, my. I get where Joe's coming from, though. Like, two worlds colliding, yeah, no, for literally. sure. Literally. That makes sense. Yeah. But, I don't know. Any last piece of advice you guys have for the more of Mel listeners? Oh, my gosh. Good question. <laughs> like, over anything. Not specific like um general yeah be honest to yourself i feel like is a really mm. good thing Honesty to take away key. from this for every child <laughs> loves honesty it's my biggest <laughs> <life>. yeah <laughs> that's like your first tattoo you get it right here literally honesty, honesty. <laughs> <laughs> a 
tramp, tramp stamp. stamp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think be, being honest with yourself is huge. Keep mm-hmm. a journal. Keep your time capsule. And yeah, also, I didn't get to say my slogan, but for the single people out there, mm-hmm. being single is being stable. <gasps> so I literally quoted you. Yeah. You are single until yeah. you're stable. No, that wasn't it. Oh. <laughs> Oopsies. No. No, you're single because you're stable. Oh, you're Aww. single because yeah. you're <laughs> Sorry, little <laughs> rhino. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was I had the words. <laughs> Not the right form. Well, like, you yeah. can give everything to yourself and it is a beautiful thing in consequence. I agree. So that's the track I'm on. I'm trying to reach <laughs> yeah. that stability. Like everyone pick their era. Like Joe's in her, yes, her guys, era, her and Joe switch era. it up sometimes. Like yeah. you don't have yeah. to be in an era for too long. You don't have to like conquer that era and yeah. then find a new one. Exactly. Like I was in my Bera, my Bangs era, and now <laughs> I'm not. So it doesn't have to be that serious. My, my Jera is like, th- that's like the big, the big one. But there are like so many sub eras. Yeah, there's so many it. sub eras. <laughs> my Rara. <laughs> You're reading my, era. Yeah. Well, Mel, what's your era? I don't know. Has it changed? What was it before? Ask every guest. Oh my god, I'm gonna ask them. Wait, that's a really good thing. I think after I listened to your guys' podcast with Paige, Mm -hmm. I like coined your era. What is it? Which is your Pharaoh, your fearless era. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Was that it even? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) I like that. Wait. I do too. Okay. Yeah, you're being honest. You're being vulnerable with this podcast. It's your fearless era. Thank God for that. Okay, (laughs) Jamie. Oh, what's my era? Mm-hmm. That's a good question. Currently, like, rara relationship era. Yeah, that's what no, I was going to That's say. boring. That is boring. I, l- like I think I'm in... Mm. <gasps> Maybe my... Tara. Tara? Tara. Trusting. Tara. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. I, I am in my Tara. My tra- okay. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Joe, are you sticking with Jara? Um, until I find something better. Okay. Actually, right now I'm in my Bera, my Boston era. <laughs> okay, that's a the really best era one. to be in. <laughs> so true. <laughs> okay. Well, guys, when I post this, please comment below on my Instagram yes, what era uh, you're in. I would I love to that. hear. Aww. And now I'm gonna ask everyone. Oh, nice. that's such a nice I thing. <laughs> but, anyways, guys, thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of More of Mel. And I'll see you next time. I love you. Bye.